The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Welcome once again to Ambassador Baptist Church on this Thanksgiving week. And uh, in light of the holidays approaching us, uh, we're going to take some time to look at the habit of gratitude today. Now, our theme for this particular series, as we've said each and every week, is these sacred practices are not about getting God to love us more. Reading our Bible doesn't make God love us more. Praying doesn't make God love us more. Fasting doesn't make God love us more. Being faithful in our perseverance doesn't make God love us more. But as we, by faith, lean into these sacred practices, and by faith we spend time in the Word and spend time in prayer, what the Spirit of God does in us as we approach these practices with faith is stir within us our ability to experience the awesome and amazing grace of God in much deeper and more profound ways. And what happens is, in reality, we're able to enjoy Jesus and the life of Christ in a much more profound and deep ways. The reality is the fruit of the Spirit that is Christ, Christ's life living through us, is experienced as we lean into these sacred practices. It is a promise that God's Word gives us. And so each week we've been looking at these different sacred practices that God promises in His Word uh, to allow us to enjoy Him uh, much more. So these things don't cause us to love God, uh, cause God to love us more, but as we've been saying, they will stir up a love for God. And and that's really what it's all about, all right? Uh, These things won't cause God to enjoy enjoy us more, but it will cause us to enjoy God more. These things won't cause God to bless us more, but we will be in a position where we can bless him more and that these practices would redound to the glory of God in and through our lives. And that's what we saw in Corinthians chapter number nine and what we're going to continue to unpack here today. And so uh, this morning, we're gonna simply speak on this subject of the practice or the habit of gratitude. Now, as many of you know, especially those of you who know history, Thanksgiving goes back a long time. In fact, this coming Thursday, we as Americans will celebrate uh, Thanksgiving officially as, as a national holiday for the 153rd time. It was back in 1863 that Abraham Lincoln declared Thanksgiving as a national holiday. And so I think we've even got some screens of these guys here. But uh, here's what Abraham Lincoln said. The gracious gifts of the Most High God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and voice by the whole American people. And it was on that day that he made Thanksgiving an official national holiday. And yet Thanksgiving even goes back before that. It was in 1789 where George Washington declared November 26th as a day of thanksgiving. And and this is what he had to say. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, 
to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts and many favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and their happiness. And yet the reality is Thanksgiving goes back before Lincoln, before Washington, and in 1621 it was the pilgrims who inspired this special day when after difficult time gathered together to give thanks for all that God had brought them through. And it was uh, 1621 that they gathered together to have a day of thanks. What I think is interesting with the pilgrims is uh, the pilgrims literally, uh, they, they made seven times as many graves as they did homes and yet even in light of all that there was a spirit of gratitude spirit of thanksgiving that redounded through their life toward the grace of God and yet here's the reality before Abraham Lincoln made Thanksgiving a national holiday uh, before George Washington made the proclamation that America should honor this day of gratitude, even before the pilgrims in 1621 had a day of thanksgiving, the truth is that the word of God spoke time and time and time again of this thing of thanksgiving. In fact, 137 times the Bible mentions thanksgiving and giving thanks unto the Lord. So before grandma and grandpa's, you know, turkey dinner, uh, before before Lincoln made that official Thanksgiving Day a national holiday, before George Washington said, hey, the people of America should honor this day, even before the pilgrims, the word of God declared that we as a people should give uh, thanks and gratitude to God Almighty. So here's our theme for this particular message today, and that is simply this. True gratitude is more than just an inward decision. It really is an outward expression as well. And it's more than an inward motion. It's an outward expression. So let's dive into this today. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 tells us this. For all things are for your sake. Now what this is saying here is that in the providence, in the divine sovereignty of God, He allows things into our lives that are to benefit and for our purpose. For all things are for your sake that... Why, why does he allow? Why does the sovereign, uh, provident God of the universe allow things into our lives? That the abundant grace might through thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. You see, this verse teaches us that when God allows something into our life, when he puts grace into our lives, that when we express that grace and we experience that grace, it lifts up, it redounds to the very glory of God. And that's the purpose of our life. Whether we we eat or whether we drink, 1 Corinthians tells us, that we would do it all to the glory of God. And thanksgiving and a spirit of gratitude, it elevates our hearts so that our lives can fulfill the purpose that God gave to it, and that is to glorify the person of Jesus. Which brings us to our first thought, if you're taking notes in your service program today, and that is simply this, acknowledge the grace in everything. Acknowledge the grace in everything. Acknowledgement speaks specifically to our awareness and attentiveness to the potential of blessings 
into everything. It speaks of our ability to focus on that which is good in any situation. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse 18 continues this thought when it says, In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Notice that phrase, in everything. When things are good, give thanks. But when things are not going so good, give thanks. When your health is doing well, give thanks. When your health is not doing so well, give thanks. When it feels like your relationships are thriving and marriage is going good, give thanks. But when it feels like the relationships in your life are are falling apart at the seams, God says, give thanks. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, I do want to throw in a little caveat that I often throw in with this particular passage, and that is this. Notice it says, in everything, give thanks. It doesn't necessarily say, for everything, give thanks. There are some things, because they are brought on by the enemy and living in a broken, sinful world, there are some things we cannot give thanks for. But I will say this, in the midst of any situation, in the midst of any circumstance, No matter where you find yourself, there is always something that you can give thanks for. There is always something you can focus on with a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving to God. So even in the midst of difficult, horrible, awful circumstances, even in that state, there is always grace that we can thank God for. So while we can't give thanks for necessarily everything, we can give thanks in everything. My friends, never let your burdens cause you to forget your blessings. I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of this all the time. Man, a burden comes into our life, a relational hardship, a financial difficulty, a health crisis, and my focus so easily gets fixated on that burden that I forget that even in that circumstance that my focus can be fixed to the blessings of God in that situation. Now, in regards to a little Bible study, let me give you here four forms of grace that God pours out upon His children. If you're taking notes, you can jot these four things in your service program. Four forms of grace that God pours out upon His children. Number one, First of all, I want you to see supernatural grace. Supernatural grace. You say, what do you mean by that? Supernatural grace is the type of grace you and I often think about. This is when God answers a miraculous prayer. Man, we're praying for something and we don't know how it's all going to come together. But by faith, we lean into trusting God with that thing. And God in his divine sovereignty answers that prayer in a supernatural way. And it just thrills our heart. It just rejoices our lives. Why? Because God poured out his supernatural grace upon us. And sometimes that comes in the form of a, a promotion at work and other Sometimes it comes in the form of maybe some extra funds or extra money. Sometimes it's God in a supernatural way uh, pulling a relationship and putting a relationship back together again. And this supernatural grace is an an incredible blessing. And, And whenever God does this, we just, man, we praise the Lord for it. It's a wonderful thing. It's his supernatural grace. But I want to remind you today that that is not the only form of grace 
that God provides. Let me share with you number two. Not only is there supernatural grace, but there is what is often referred to as common grace. Common grace. Back in ancient biblical times, uh, people were primarily part of was agrarian culture. Uh, they would grow crops, and, th- and that's how they would survive. That's how they would meet needs. That's how they would pay their bills. And so rain in that day and age was a huge deal. Uh, if, if, you're, if there was rain that would come down and, and they would take care of your crops, that was, that, was some, that was a blessing. That was a grace, we could say. In the book of Proverbs, the Bible tells us that it rains upon the just and the unjust. You see, my friends, there is something that is called common grace that is for those who are saved as well as those who are unsaved. It's for the believer, the non-believer, the sinner, the saint. It is what is referred to as common grace, and God in His goodness and in His mercy provides common grace to every single individual on the planet, regardless of whether or not you believe in God. So let me give you some examples of common grace. Uh, Common grace would be your ability to breathe. The fact that there's oxygen that you can take into your lungs, that is a common grace that God makes available to all peoples. The fact that your heart is beating today, that is a common grace that God gives to both those who are saved and those who are unsaved. It is a common grace that He makes available The fact that he allows beauty into the world that both a Christian and a non-Christian can enjoy. And you look at things maybe in nature or in creation and your heart just fills with wonder as you gaze upon the beautiful artistry, the masterpiece that the creator paints for us as his children. That is a common grace that God makes available to all people. And there are many forms of common grace that God makes available to you. And when God allows you to experience and enjoy common grace, it would be a wonderful thing that our heart would rejoice in that common grace and that we would give thanksgiving and that we would give praise and that our hearts would explode with gratitude, not just for supernatural grace, but also for the common grace that he makes available as well. You see, if you're not careful, you'll get so busy looking for God to show you supernatural grace, miraculous grace, that you will fail again and again and again in enjoying and really experiencing his daily common grace upon your life. I'll tell you what, when you can learn to really enjoy and experience the common grace that God bestows upon all people, it will have a profound impact on your daily life. Supernatural grace, common grace, reigns upon the just and the unjust. Let me say thirdly, sustaining grace. Sustaining grace. This is where the Apostle Paul prayed to God that God would remove that thorn from his flesh. And and then God replied, my grace is sufficient for you. God was giving him some sustaining grace. We need sustaining grace in those moments where life is not what we wish it would be. When finances are not where we would like them to be, when our relationships feel like they're on the rocks, when it doesn't feel like we can go another week at our jobs, when it feels like the health, the situation of our lives is kind of falling apart and we just don't know how we're going to persevere. 
We don't know how we're going to stay faithful toward what God has called us to do. And we just don't know how we're going to stay in the relationship. When we don't know how we're going to stick to the job. When we don't know how things are going to come together. God offers you something sweet. He offers you His sustaining grace. Most everybody in here has experienced sustaining grace. Remember back to that time where you thought your whole life was just going to fall apart? Two years ago, three years ago, you remember that moment when it just felt like, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And now you look back two, three years later, and God's sustaining grace has been faithful to you. Maybe there was a time and you wondered, man, how is this going to happen in this relationship? Or how is this financial need going to get met? Or how is this health situation going to come together? And yet the truth and the reality is, you're here today. You've survived. It hasn't always been easy. It hasn't always been fun. But God in his mercy gave you sustaining grace. The grace just to persevere in the midst of difficult times. There's supernatural grace. There is common grace. There is what we refer to as sustaining grace. Let me give you fourth. There is what we often refer to as uncomfortable grace uncomfortable grace this is where god says all things work together for good uncomfortable grace is the grace that god pours into your life in difficult situations this is not just god sustaining you through difficult situations this is where god literally allows you to spiritually mature He allows you to grow. He allows your life to blossom even in the midst of the trial, even in the midst of the difficulty, even in the midst of the hard time. God gives you this uncomfortable grace in your life, this uncomfortable strength. And and sometimes this comes in the form of a spouse. It's a spouse who, out of love for you, speaks difficult truth into your life. It stings a little bit, and it doesn't feel comfortable, but that loving spouse speaks into your life some difficult words in in an uncomfortable grace. It's good for you. It's there to grow you. It's there to help you, but it doesn't always feel good. It's uncomfortable grace. It's those times where God and his providence and his sovereignty allows you to go through something incredibly painful in your life because he knows the only way where you can grow in this area, the only way you can develop is by having that circumstance in your life. And so in his sovereignty and in his providence, he allows you to go through some things that don't feel comfortable, that don't make you feel all emotionally euphoric. But in his goodness, he he allows it. In his sovereignty, he gives you that uncomfortable grace for your good and for his glory. It's his uncomfortable grace. Uh, God will use people around you. He'll sometimes use a pastor to speak uncomfortable grace into your life. He'll use somebody in a church to lovingly and mercifully speak uncomfortable grace into your life. And it doesn't always feel good and it always doesn't feel nice, but it's God and His sovereignty and His providence allowing you to experience that uncomfortable grace. Why? For your good and for His ultimate glory. And I want to encourage you with this. Acknowledge the grace in everything. 
Sometimes you can acknowledge the supernatural grace and, whoo, that's awesome when God gives it. Other times it's going to be more routine and more mundane and you'll just have to thank God for His common grace. Other times you just will thank God for His sustaining grace. God, thank you for faithfulness to me today that has allowed me to be faithful toward you today. And other times, you might just have to thank God and give him gratitude for his uncomfortable grace. But you can acknowledge the grace in everything. I'm telling you what, this changes everything when you learn to look at every situation, every circumstance, everything that you face in life and rather than looking at how God's trying to mess you up or how that person's trying to ruin you or how those circumstances are trying to tear you apart, there is a miracle that happens in the heart of a person who learns to perceive the world around him through the lens of gratitude and praise and learns that in everything they can give thanks. In every situation in every sermon, in every circumstance, in every trial, in every difficulty, in everything that we go through, there is always a way to acknowledge whether it's supernatural grace or common grace or sustaining grace or uncomfortable grace, that there's always a grace to thank God for. Acknowledge the grace in everything. You see, the mistake we make is that we think gratitude is a condition of circumstance. I'm guilty of this at times, are you? Oh, I can thank God when the turkey doesn't burn. (laughs) I can thank God when marriage just feels good. I can thank God when the bills are getting paid and when everybody's treating me the way I think I should be treated. When it feels like everybody likes me and we're getting along with everybody, it's easy in those moments when the situations of life and the circumstances of life are going the way we think they should go and we tend to think in those moments I can praise God and I can thank God and I can express a spirit of gratitude. But the mistake we make is to think that gratitude is a condition of circumstance when in reality in the spiritual realm it is a condition of the heart. You say, well, I would give thanks. I, I would say thank you, but God hasn't given me any grace. He's always giving you his grace. It might not always be that supernatural grace that your heart yearns for, but he's always giving you common grace and he's often giving you sustaining grace and oftentimes it's the uncomfortable grace that he allows into our lives that we want to ignore. But mark it down, God is always pouring out his grace in one form or another upon your life because he loves you, because he cares about you and because he wants the very best for you. So lest we get it in our minds that gratitude is a condition of circumstances and that we can thank God when situations and people are going the way we think they are in reality we've got to recognize if I'm not giving thanks and if I'm not expressing gratitude that has nothing to do with the circumstances of my life it has everything to do with the condition of my heart how's the condition of your heart what have you been focused on over the last week or the last two weeks have you been viewing life through the lens of gratitude, through the lens of his grace, 
through the lens of his goodness? Have you been able in everything to give thanks? Whether that grace comes in the form of the supernatural or just in the form of the sustaining. Or if it even comes in the form of the uncomfortable. Are you giving God gratitude and thanks and praise? Are you acknowledging the, gra- the grace and everything? My friend, train your heart. Train your mind to see the good in everything because there is always grace to be thankful for every day, everywhere, at every time. You say, well, I don't see it. doesn't mean it's not there. It's a condition of the heart. How's your heart? Has your heart got a little crusty? Is there a person that's caused your heart to lose faith? Maybe that person did something to you. Maybe this person, maybe that circumstance, those circumstances. It's caused your heart to lose faith. And now you can no longer see the grace in front of you. Can I say, as we express gratitude to God, if it's done with a spirit of faith, if it's done with a spirit of expectancy, if it's done in a spirit of anticipation, guess what? God will allow that gratitude to well up in our hearts, and before we know it, we'll be enjoying that sustaining grace, and that even that uncomfortable grace in ways we never thought possible, because the condition of our heart has begun to change, and all of a sudden, literally, the, the DNA of our being has been transformed to where we truly do, in some way, begin to Thank God and praise God even for the uncomfortable grace. It's a condition of the heart. How's your heart? How's your heart? Are you able to acknowledge the grace in everything? Let's keep reading. Psalms 107 verse 21 says this. Oh, that men... I'm sorry. I, uh, I, uh, here we go. Uh, Psalms 107 verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord... For his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Not only do we need to take the opportunity to acknowledge the grace in everything, that is to say to be aware of the grace in everything or to notice the grace in everything, whether it's supernatural, whether it's common, whether it's, you know, sustaining, whether it's uncomfortable, to acknowledge the grace in everything. But secondly, I want to say this. I want to encourage you by grace, to have the faith to lean into appreciating the goodness in life. You say, how is that different than acknowledging it? You can acknowledge God's grace intellectually, but not fully, being, but not fully experiencing it spiritually and emotionally. There might be people in this room and intellectually, cognitively, academically, you know, thank God for his uncomfortable grace. I I know all things work together for good. I, I know that that is a religious, theological reality. And yet in your soul, in your spirit, you're not really enjoying the grace. You're not truly appreciative of that grace you're not enjoying it because it's not the type of grace you wanted and so it's a head thing to acknowledge it but you've never allowed it to become a heart thing where you're experiencing it 
it is absolutely imperative that we allow our hearts to be filled with gratitude for the blessing in every situation, as well as allow our hearts to deeply experience and enjoy His gifts. Don't just acknowledge the gift, enjoy it. How many of you would find it a little bit maybe even disturbing if a child that you gave a gift to opened it up and was like, eh, thank you, tossed it to the side but never enjoyed it, never played with it, never used it? You say, it doesn't matter. They said, thank you. They acknowledged it. You see, as a parent, it's not just that you want your children to acknowledge the gift. You gave it to them so they would enjoy the gift. And this is what your heavenly father does for you. Yes, acknowledge the grace. But take it and really allow your heart by faith. Say, God, my new nature wants to enjoy this grace. The Spirit of God inside of me understands that this was given to me by a sovereign God for my good and for His ultimate glory. And so God, by faith, I choose to appreciate and to enjoy this gift by faith. How are we doing at appreciating the gifts in life? James 1.17 tells us that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And that's why God gives us all things richly to enjoy. You see, sometimes we think, oh, I can enjoy the good things. But I want to say this. There is a realm in which on some degree you can even enjoy the uncomfortable things. Maybe not in the same emotional way. But in a spiritual sense, you can thank God and appreciate even the uncomfortable grace that he allows into your life. The uncomfortable situations because you realize that God would not have allowed it into your life unless he knew that ultimately it would be for your good and ultimately it would be for his glory. And from that theological perspective, you can appreciate and enjoy the gift of goodness that God allows into our lives. My friend, don't fall into the trap of beginning to feel entitled for something that you used to feel grateful for. What is it for you that you used to feel grateful for? that now you begin to look, look at as being your entitlement. You used to appreciate it. You used to enjoy it. You used to give gratitude and, and thanks for it. But now it's become such a regular part of your life, you take it for granted. You no longer appreciate it. You no longer enjoy it. You no longer thank God for it like you once did. Maybe, maybe it's a spouse. Man, when you, when you guys first met each other, you just, heart, just, you just appreciated that person in such a profound way. But as time has gone by, you find that not only are you not expressing that thanks, you, you don't even really experience it. You're not really deep down on a spiritual, emotional level even appreciating that spouse anymore. Maybe it's a job. It's gotten a little difficult. There's elements of it that are hard. And and you used to just be thankful you had a job. 
used to just appreciate and thank God that, man, I'm glad I have, you know, some funds to put food on the table and a roof over my home. And, and it used to, used to really enjoy it, used to appreciate it. It wasn't that it was always easy or it was always fun, but there was just something that you were appreciative of, even that common grace. But you started taking it for granted. What you used to feel grateful for, now you feel entitled to. Maybe it was an amount of money you had in the bank. Maybe it was kids. Maybe it was a church. Man, you used to be so thankful for it. You used to be so grateful for it. And and now it's just kind of like, no, if if it doesn't serve my comfort in quite the same way, I, I don't know that I can thank God for it. What is it that you used to be so thankful for that now you've become, you, you have a spirit of entitlement toward? I'll just say this, and man, I should say it so much more, but I am so, so, so thankful for each and every one of you. I would say the church, but oftentimes when I say the church, it gives you the wrong connotation. Literally, because we're here, I can say you, every single one of you, I love. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for how you bound together through connection groups. I I love your heart for the word of God. It thrills my heart to see how you love the world around you and the community around you. I, I was thrilled to see this week in just the last 11 weeks. This is crazy. But in the last 11 weeks, you guys have done over 40 community services in the city of Fresno. 40 times groups from this room have gone out and served the less fortunate, have served the homeless and the widows. You've gone out and served those at the hospitals that are sick and at the pregnancy centers. You fed those that are hungry. You've provided those who have not. 40 times in 11 weeks. This is unbelievable. You've done that, and I'm so thankful for you. I, I give you the credit and give God the glory. That's an awesome thing to be a small part of. It's incredible to see how God's using your lives to really make an impact in Fresno. I, I love being a small part of that. I love how so many of you love on each other and serve one another. Dozens and dozens and dozens of people every single week serving our kids and serving the children serving one another. It it is so awesome to be a part of a church like this. I was so humbled a few weeks back. So many of you were so gracious toward me and toward Pastor Nick. And and what a blessing it is just to to humbly get to serve and co-labor with each and every one of you to see how God is using your lives to reach others. Uh, There has never been a year at Ambassador where we've seen more of your friends join you in church. Many of you who have had friends baptized and saved over the last 12 months. Never never in the history of our church have we seen more of you just going into the community, inviting friends and seeing those friends saved and baptized and going through discipleship. We've had literally over 45 individuals go through a one-on-one Bible study. I love being a part of a church that's fulfilling the Great Commission, that's attempting to see people saved, who is really doing what God called the church to do. Thank God for churches that are out there, and there's a lot of churches that do different things, but I love being a part of a church that understands that the very heart of what we have to do is to see others raised in the faith. 
I love the fact that we have folks that are pouring into the lives of others through discipleship and seeing dozens and dozens of people growing in grace as they just allow the word of God to be poured into them. Over 45 people one-on-one have gone through a, like a new believer's Bible study or, or a spiritual maturity Bible study in just the last 12 months. I love being a part of a church like you. I love your heart for the Lord. And so let me just say publicly from my heart to yours, thank you so much. We have so many different volunteers that are getting on board and, and in a small, tiny little way, when you guys came in today, those that, of you that were volunteering today or some, any, any Sunday, you know, uh, serving this body of believers, we wanted to just say thank you. And so we put a little tent over there just to say thank you and uh, uh, got a little donut. You say, that, well, that wasn't much and we know that, but in just a small way, we wanted to say thank you because we love you. We're proud of you. If you're here today and you're like, I don't, I don't think you like me, I want to just say this, I, I adore you. I absolutely love every single person in this room. And thank you so much for loving me. It's an honor, it's a privilege just to serve and to co-labor with each and every one of you. I'm proud of you. And it's the biggest honor of my life to be able to, to co-labor with people who love Jesus who love their community, and who love their church family. It's an honor. It's a privilege, and it really is something that I'm so deeply grateful for. Thank you. There's always something we can appreciate in our lives. Number one, acknowledge the grace in everything. Acknowledge it. Number two, appreciate the goodness in life. Now thirdly, Psalm says this in Psalms 26 verse 7. That thou may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. So, acknowledge it, be aware of it, notice it, number one. That's intellectual, that's cognitive, that's in the mind. Then appreciate the goodness. That's something you do in your emotions. That's something you do in your heart. Appreciate it, enjoy it, experience it. And then lastly, articulate the gratitude to others. Articulate the gratitude to others. Each of these three thoughts this morning focus on a different nuance of gratitude. The first is to be aware of those things around you that you could be thankful for. The grace that comes in supernatural forms and in common forms and in sustaining forms and yes, even in uncomfortable forms. We can notice it, we can acknowledge it and then we can second, allow ourselves to experience the gratitude in the depths of our soul. And can I say this? This is a big deal. Uh, as Americans, we become, have become so entitled that oftentimes we don't take time to just hold in our hearts that which God has blessed us with. Sociologists tell us that if we will hold a blessing in our mind and in our heart for 20 seconds, this is just on a physiological level, that neurons have the opportunity of, of snapping together and literally beginning to rewire our brain and how we perceive the world around us. You see, God knew what he was talking about. There is a miracle that takes place when we hold ourselves in a state of gratitude. It literally rewires our very brains on a physiological level. It allows us to begin to view things through a different perspective. What we used to see as negative and a half glass empty, all of a sudden as we appreciate 
appreciate and articulate the goodness that God's put into our lives, we're able to enjoy those things like, like we hadn't before. It changes our lens, even when the circumstances don't change. See, some of you, I want this to change and that to change and those things to change. And God's like, I'm trying to change you. And gratitude is something that changes you. How? Because it changes your perspective. It changes the way you interpret circumstances around you. And when your interpretation gets changed, the way you experience that thing also is changed. I want to encourage you to hold that appreciation in your mind's eye. Experience it. Enjoy it. Thank God for it. And then with your very lips, articulate that gratitude toward others. You say to who? First to the Lord and then to the people around you. Psalms 92 verse 1 says, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It's good. It's good for his glory, but it's also good for your heart give thanks to God. Lift up your voice in praise. It was William Arthur Ward who said it this way, feeling gratitude but not expressing it is like wrapping a present but never giving it away. Many of you are going to wrap Christmas gifts over the next few months, few weeks but you're then going to take those gifts and you're going to give them to somebody else so they can unwrap them. Experiencing, enjoying goodness without articulating it is like wrapping a gift and never giving it away. It doesn't fulfill full purpose. And God says, I've got a purpose for these things. I want you to give that away. You see, whether we realize it or not, we experience a, a whole lot of blessings. Sometimes it comes in this form of supernatural grace. Other times it comes in the form of common grace. Sometimes it comes in the form of sustaining grace and sometimes even uncomfortable grace. But I'm going to say there's always grace to be experienced. Yet the question I have is how often do we express gratitude for our experienced goodness? When we focus on all that God has done for us, it causes our hearts to well up in gratitude toward him. And if you struggle with giving gratitude toward people around you, if you struggle to be thankful toward a spouse, toward those in the church, toward those at your workplace, all it reveals is that you're struggling to experience the goodness that God's given toward you. Because a life that's truly experiencing and enjoying the supernatural, sustaining, common grace of God can't help but experience to articulate and extend that to those around them. It's just the natural byproduct. It's just what happens when we're deeply experiencing the goodness of God. So we say today, true gratitude is more than just an inward decision, an inward emotion, It is also an outward expression. In what areas do you need to experience and enjoy and appreciate the goodness of God so that you can be drawn and and brought to a place where you're truly articulating the gratitude toward those around you? That's the question. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.